0: The Quarter Life Chronicle with Duncan and Lyle. Hello and welcome to the Quarter of Life Chronicles, I'm Lyle. And I'm Duncan. And welcome to the first episode of a brand new podcast, we can't wait to get going, so without further ado, let's do it. Um, let's do it. Duncan, what
1: are we doing? What, what is this podcast about? What, what I mean, is that, going on? That is a question that... A lot of people have probably been asking themselves over the last year, isn't it? What are we doing? Um, <laughs> are we I mean, to? I mean, we we are going to get to the essence and the very core of the quarter life crisis. Big. Lyle, Lyle, this is this is bigger than Jackie Weaver. This is <laughs> this is enormous, and we need to. And, and those of you who don't know who Jackie Weaver is, what are you doing? Yeah, um, read the standing <laughs> orders. <laughs> read the <Read>. standing orders. <laughs> Them. I mean, I mean there,
0: were, there were two promises I felt like we made before we kicked this thing off, literally 10 minutes before we, we started recording, which was no big claims within the first 10 minutes. And we were going to make it at least
1: 20 minutes before we referenced Jackie Weaver. And you've broken both of those things. Damn it. What are we doing? Well, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. That elephant in the room that is the quarter-life crisis. And, and I think whether we are 18, 25, 30... Thirty-one. I think, <laughs> I think we've all experienced a moment of just complete and utter bewilderment at our life and what we're doing with it. And I think um, we just want to speak to some people and find out if we're completely wrong in this assumption. Or if or if um or if we're onto something. Well, so. I mean by
0: a hundred percent, I mean like we're not hundred percent wrong. I hope we're no. not hundred percent wrong. <laughs> otherwise otherwise this is not gonna last long yeah. at all.
1: For me as well, I think as 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 someone who's not worked for a large portion of the last year, I think it's interesting just to see how everyone's been dealing with this last year as well and, and just to to listen to some interesting stories that aren't just ourselves babbling at each other <laughs> well, as, much as, as much as we enjoy babbling at each other i mean babbling's
0: become its own it's kind of but you know zoom babbling virtual babbling it <laughs> has become its own its own sort of language hasn't it we, we we sort of made a promise to ourselves uh when we when we did this we in the sort of very limited planning we've undertaken before this first episode uh we promised <laughs> that we were sort of gonna we were going to go with a bit of a a quarter life prayer, you know, sort of, you know, a, a quarter life sort of mantra to to sort of establish before we get going. In them, um, and where better to look for mantras really than uh, than Wikipedia? This is what it says on uh, on Wikipedia when it comes to a uh, quarter life crisis and what that means. A oh God, quarter life crisis yeah. is a crisis involving anxiety over the direction and quality of one's life. Brilliant start, aren't we? Brilliant. Powerful, amazing. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. It's I think I think it's it's Keats esque, uh, which is most commonly experienced in a period ranging from a person's early twenties up to their mid thirties. Although a quarter life crisis can begin as early as 18s. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. You brilliant, know, brilliant. You know we're not ostracising other other right. people slightly younger. Um, it's defined by clinical psychologist Alex Folk. So Alex, wherever you are, we'd love to have you on as a period of insecurity, <laughs> doubt, and disappointment surrounding your career, your relationships and financial situation. Wow. Wow! I mean,
1: I mean, I can promise you now, our podcast will be more positive than that message may be indicated. <laughs> that's, that's what we're hoping for. I, I'm just enjoying the name Alex Folk because it sounds really, really close to another word that's probably not appropriate for our first
0: episode. <laughs> there is no precedent for uh, receiving uh, critical mail. Uh, you know, mail that criticises the pod, but I've no doubt <laughs> Critical if, if that exists in any stretch, there will be people writing in. I'm sure in it's their th- ones criticising my pronunciation of that of that name. But. It's
1: the kind of email you get where someone like like puts at the end, best comma, <laughs> or like sincerely comma, without any kind of like. It's like that person wants you to rot in hell. Like they have no <laughs> interest in in. In making acquaintance with you,
0: you've, you've you've led us nicely onto something that we're something else we're planning to do. Uh, sort of in in a desperate attempt to give this 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 pod some structure. We we do have some very loose segments. We're gonna we're gonna try and hit.
1: We got a quarter life capsule. Haven't we done? Do you want to tell the tell the listeners about the quarter life capsule? Well, you, you remember on Blue Peter back in the day for all those you know for all those millennials listening, which I hope you know some a good proportion of you should be. They had they used to have time capsules and used to they used to dig them up, put them in the old Blue Peter garden. Well, we've got. A quarter-life time capsule. And essentially, we're going to ask our guests to whack a few things in this time capsule for when they're they're a little bit older. It's a bit like Room 101,
0: but for for coping mechanisms
1: Mm. when it comes
0: to being in your 20s, early 30s. Mm. And then we also have a duncan mitchell invention by the name of the league of millennial moaners would you like to explain a little oh, bit about bless what you. That very segment
1: is? very kind lyle uh, the league <laughs> of millennial moaners essentially we're gonna get our guests each week to moan about something something in life that really irks them really grinds their gears really gets on their nerves and we're gonna put it in a league table and then we're gonna whittle down our league table and we gonna have knockouts and we gonna have semi-finals and then we're gonna find a winner of league of millennial moaning
0: Absolutely, hundred percent. The reason I'm reminded of that, of course, is because it seems like best comma would be a would be prime content, a prime tre- candidate for for a minute long. If I
1: if I could put something in, if I could nominate, it'd be the first thing I put in.
0: I think it's important to mention uh, before we before we embark on however long this journey <laughs> may be. I sound very defeatist. Um, I think I think that is inherently quarter life crisis like, isn't it? Sort of, oh, you know, so much so. You know, so so. sort of almost apologetically going. It might not last, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that sort of thing. Obviously, you know the, the subject matter is inherently. I suppose the word is is troublesome, melancholic. Mm. Coping is is one thing, and we're going to be talking to some really amazing people, some great guests we've got about about how they cope with with this sort of thing. I'm trying to find not just the coping in it, but also, you know, it's funny.
1: Yeah, isn't it? it's a funny of thing. Of course, it's funny, and um. we're all we're all just. We're all just, uh, you know, trudging along this road of life. And, um, you know, we need to find things to keep ourselves feeling alive. And I think it's really great that um, we have this podcast to, to, to chat to people and find out really what, is, what, is, uh, from what has gotten to where they are now and what, what lies ahead. It's, Absolutely. Going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Absolutely. So without further ado, um, I'm going to introduce our first guest because, um, because, well, Lyle, it sort of involves you, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, in a way... Yeah, I mean, I
0: suppose a phrase that's never been used before, <laughs> I imagine, on something like this is, is the phrase professional nepotism, uh, <laughs> insofar as I'm not related to either of the guests we no, have on today, no. but I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll tell them
1: all. Yeah, so our first guests are our dear friends, Andy and Emily, and they are two of the most gorgeous, brilliant, talented people that we both know. Um, and uh, But they're also in a wonderful, wonderful theatre company with your very self, Lyle, we had a fantastic, fantastic chat with Emily and Andy. Here it is. Enjoy, listeners, and we'll see you on the other side.
0: Here they are. Here they are. Here are the, uh, here's the <laughs> team. We're joined by, uh, by Andy. Uh, hello. Andrew Baker. Officially, That's me. Uh, and Emily, Emily Best. Okay, hello. Hello, both of you. How are hello. you?
2: Hello. How, <laughs> how are things?
0: How are things? How's, how, how's, how's stuff? How are things going?
2: Um. Yeah. Fine. Good.
0: <laughs>
1: There's such Locked a delay. Down. Such Great. a delay before you answered that.
2: <laughs> well, I was trying to be so polite, Duncan. You know me. <laughs> um. But, but alas, no. Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you, darlings. How are you? Yeah. Me?
3: Oh, I'm. T- oh, you. No, go on, Andy. You go. You go. You go. I'm fine. I'm. I'm. I, I'm in. I'm in lockdown. Means absolutely have to leave the house. She's not on, like, my top list of things that I like to do. So, you know, I'm, I'm content in my own little sort of um, bubble.
0: There you go. And it's, and it's worth explaining that Andy and Emily are on the pod by virtue of something. I'm, I'm coining the phrase professional nepotism uh, <laughs> insofar as I'm not related to either Andy or Emily, as, as you will probably hear uh, more than anything. Uh, but also, I do run a company... With these two lovely people so it's so nice to have a couple of voices and faces that i'm very very comfortable with as you may know this is the course of life chronicles so it's uh, it's a podcast about that joyous of all things the quarter life crisis something you you go through according to our our quarter life mantra in your 20s and early 30s uh, which i'm reliably informed by you is <laughs> The ages you are currently at, um, yeah, yeah, Tip,
3: tiptoeing on the cusp of the uh, of the end of the life crisis, but still, still, still within it by definition.
0: So it's it's worth yeah. it's worth it's
1: worth shooting straight in because
0: shocker, we have some questions. If you could believe
1: that, we have a structure. Yeah, I know we have. I mean, no. it's pretty, pretty mad we managed to put a structure
0: together, really. <laughs> um, and and the first one is a is a lovely. Non vague question, mm. um Emily. We'll start with you. T- to you, what is a quarter life crisis? What what what, what does that phrase mean to you specifically?
2: <laughs> oh my! I'm not laughing at your impending answer. Um... I'm actually
0: laughing nervously because it's it's great. <laughs> it's a great feeling asking that question for the first time. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> This is actually happening. We're we're going.
2: Do you mean to? um to try and define it or to try and talk through lived experience of it. Because also when we're talking about quarter life crisis, I'm definitely past a quarter of my life, unless I'm going to live to 120, which please let me not. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird one, I guess. My uh, a huge... Alarm bell started ringing for me when I was about 27, I think. And I started getting all of that anxiety going, oh, my God, what am I doing? Who am I? Where am I? Why am I here? And for (laughs) me, personally, it was um, a really nice goodie bag full of anxiety that was just handed to me, I, I guess, progressively towards the end of my late 30s. At late 30s, late 20s. I was going to say. <laughs> late, th-
1: late, late 30s. <laughs> I'm
2: looking great. You're
1: looking fantastic. Um, just, for the, just, just for the listener, she is looking great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I don't know if that answers the question at all, but I feel like for me, my sort of 25 to 30 was sort of defined by quite a lot of um, self-questioning. And um, not self-mistrust, but I, I guess, yeah, a lot of self-questioning that then ended up developing into um, me sort of rerouting and refinding my feet. I'm still not, I still haven't found them. I'm definitely losing pairs of shoes left, right and centre. But I feel like i have sort of, um, I've stepped out of this sort of like riddled with anxiety stage and I'm moving into uh, an easier way of dealing with it all.
3: Would I be right in saying that you now know at what end of your torso your feet are at?
2: (laughs) Andrew, I couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah, you're spot on. They're no longer like, I'm no longer Limbs McGee. I sort of just know roughly where the feet are meant to be at any given point.
0: I quite enjoy the notion as well that there are like several analogies you've just used to Mm -hmm. describe your experience with quarter life crisis that is kind of the point isn't it it's a goodie bag it's a shoe shop it's where are my toes it's it's all of the above and then you hit a certain point and you walk out with a goodie bag and you've got the right pair of shoes on and you know where your hands and your feet are and that's, that was that was lovely. Well, just, just
3: as a slight caveat, I kind of get a feeling that this podcast might be split into a, a, very much a game of two hearts. I think what we're going to get is some really sincere, enlightening, like sentimental responses from Emily, and then I'm going to take the piss. <laughs> um, because I've summed up my quarter-life crisis in one sentence. My quarter-life crisis was entirely centered around proving to young people on the internet that I was still relevant. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think Andy should go first. That's phenomenal.
3: <laughs> because I started to feel old and, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up very much as a bit of like a, an internet, like right, I, I was one of those kids that they talk about as being like raised by the internet. Like I was that kid when like modem still made hor- like horrific noises. And it took like 45 minutes to get onto like, you know, some sort of chat bot on the internet to like talk to your friends. Like that was me. I was like that kid. So like, I'm, constantly haunted by like the ghost of christmas andrew where he's just like he used to be cool man and like and like you know i still spend a huge amount of time on the internet even more so now actually as a as somebody who runs a business and um, especially a business that focuses on young people um because you're like you're there you're like why doesn't this make any sense to me anymore so like i, I think my kind of anxiety and i suppose it is isn't anxiety is kind of being over the hill in terms of like what is essentially like the beating heart of of most of our communication, especially during pandemic and, and like the, the beaten half that I saw social construct, which is essentially sort of social media platforms. But I also, I also kind of have my top four, like indicators of what my quarter life crisis looked like. Do you want to hear them?
1: I mean, it, don't, you didn't need to ask that question. Andy? just, this is, this is, this is juice. This is like, <laughs> <laughs> go, go and conquer.
3: The top four indicators that Andrew is having a quarter life crisis goes like this. Number 1, he becomes more prolific on esports forums. Okay. I got to about 27 and suddenly I felt like every esport forum needed my opinion on it.
2: <laughs> That's unlike you, because darling. The
3: kids, I know, right? Because these kids they don't know what they're talking about. So obviously that was the first thing. Um, the, no- the second one is, I reverted back to cheap brands of beer, modelled brilliantly there by Emily Bearstow, uh, <laughs> taking, taking a sip of a, of a cheap beer. Like, Have I you know, know it's alcohol-free?
2: Thank you. Wait, <laughs> um, you like, started
0: drinking alcohol-free cheap beer? No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, going to be one of mine. <laughs>
0: Because
3: I I don't know about you, right, but when I got to about 1920, maybe 21, I started being like, do you know what? I'm a bit of a connoisseur of beer now. I drink all the best beers now. Um, And uh, then when I realized that that was an old person's thing to do, I just bought, I just started buying like packs of 24 Budweiser. And I hate Budweiser, but you can twist the top off and it makes me feel young. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that was, that was an indicator of my quarter life crisis. The number three, right? I started buying t-shirts with cartoons on them which Love is a, I mean I don't know if, if What kind if, of it, what
1: kind of cartoons are we talking?
3: Cartoons that I loved when I was like a kid. Um, so like I've got one with like the Biker Mice from Mars on it. Oh. I've got one with Kung Fu Panda on it. Which I suppose is a bit later, actually. That was probably I was probably already in my twenties when that came out, <laughs> but early twenties, you know, still very, very kind of in keeping with with this kind of what I was trying to hold on to. I've also got one with some with Avatar: The Last Airbender characters on as well, which I'm a big fan of. And the fourth one is is I started listening to and then addressing like all of my favourite 90s hip hop stars. <laughs> um so i had a real renaissance of being like a big hip-hop head which i used to be again when i was a kid and this is what i've done i boiled it down to those four those four kind of essences of uh online forums cheap beer cartoon t-shirts and 90s hip-hop that's what a quarter life crisis looked like for me
1: wow that is that's that, I mean, the both both your answers are as different as they are. Yeah, <laughs> they're both they're both incredibly enlightening already. You know,
2: it is interesting as well. Though, is the the sort of po- as Andy pointed out, the polar opposite routes that people take, and it would be it'll be interesting to see in the long run of this podcast mm. whether or not. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just I just know that I did the opposite to Andy in I... that I I started trying to dress more adult and went from wearing my really really I still do wear quite wacky shirts quite regularly but I also had a very different area of my wardrobe which became more conventional so to speak which is it's just yeah it's just really interesting which, do you it's think been,
1: I would I, I think I'm because I I can relate to that certainly I think I think we we do get to this point I mean I'm Slightly behind you guys, only a little bit in age, but um, I think you do get to a point where your your wardrobe is a big reflection of where you are in in your life because you've still got all these clothes. I mean, I've still got clothes that I had when I was eighteen in my wardrobe, and like I still wear them, but like, and I'm aware that I'm wearing them, and I'm I'm wearing them, and I'm thinking this is not right. Why am I wearing something I wore in sick form? And then there's other stuff that I've bought specifically to look more. Late twenties, or to look more like I'd pass an interview. Do you know what I mean? And it's just such a <laughs> such a bizarre combination when you're in the, your twenties of this like crux of of messy clothes that don't really that kind of sum up your mind.
0: <laughs> I think I the, the, the the wardrobe thing is, 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 is spot on as well. Like, I mean, for me, the day it's okay to just wear a turtleneck, and it's okay. Do you know what I mean? What like that, it's it's all right. Yeah. I've yet I've yet to find that down. Yeah, but, and, and, yeah. and this, <laughs> this is this is. I, I worry. I worry. I'm 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 further along in this crisis than I actually realise. <laughs> uh, I, I I worry. I'm actually more. I'm more in it than I actually know. Um, I actually very small story. I I once now infamously wore a turtleneck on what has become the most inappropriate of occasions. Um, I'll just I'll just start at the end. Uh, a mate of mine went. Who wears a turtleneck to a stag dude? <laughs> I'll leave it there. Uh, I'll leave it there. That for me is quarter life crisis one oh one. Uh who wears a turtleneck to a stag? And I wore it the entire first day as well. I didn't I didn't get there and get changed because of the pressure. I just Where I just was your stag do? Out.
1: The North Pole. <laughs> Are you wearing a the
0: nineteen seventies North Pole. <laughs> um so Edmund Hillary on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is it's just this is all just a flashback to the bare minimum I received in terms of abuse on that particular day <laughs> sorry um, it must be quite tra- traumatic me. for it's you to really yeah. but no you're spot on you're spot on i think wardrobe wardrobe's huge well it's
3: interesting isn't it because like you're starting the beginning of a rather interesting social experiment here because i'll be interested to know after however many episodes you guys decide to run for right i'll be interested to know how many people saw their quarter-life crisis as an opportunity to revert back to a younger self or mm. to try and throw themselves into their own future, because mm. it didn't even occur to me that at the age of sort of 25 to 30, you'd be wanting to present yourself as being more together and older and more responsible. Like, it only occurred to me that at that age, I was just like, I want to be a teenager again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: whereas with, my experience is the absolute polar exactly,
3: of Exactly. That's, I mean, it was... <laughs> yeah
2: it was it was literally doing everything within my power to try and prove that I had my shit together
1: (laughs) I guess I guess (laughs) I guess the question that kind of leads on from both of that is how much of of a course life crisis do you think is created by your own anxieties and your own mindset on your life and where you're at with things and your relationships with your families and friends and all that kind of thing and is uh, how much of it is to do with outside influence like social media the internet Mm. how life the life arc is kind of presented to us when we're younger you know you must be married by this date you must have a, fa- a house on a family by you know all that kind of stuff that we're, t- I mean personally that's that's how I thought the world was when I was younger so I'm just mm. interested to see what what you guys mm. think about that
2: I don't think the sort of mo- mutually mutually um exclusive I think the concept of of sort of both external factors feeding in and uh, how you deal with that it's being fully aware of the external influences and how society deems that you should behave at a given point um and all of that and and how you choose to or how much of that you choose to take on and how much of that you choose to ingest and try and either fight against or go with the flow of it. Does that mm. make sense?
3: Mm. Yeah, of course, of course. I would support that as well. Like, it kind of determines where it is. So, for example, with me, when I was a teenager, especially like late teens, just before uni- university, so what we'd like to talk is sort of 19, 18, 19 is about, about the right sort of time. When do people go to university? I can't Yeah, remember 18,
2: 19.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that last year in my hometown, like, I literally felt like a king. I'm not going to be around the bush like I was like a big deal in like I was a big fish in a small pond uh Mm -hmm. you know and I had a big group of friends and like you know I knew how to make them all laugh like I knew how to hold the attention of a room um like you know I just like it was a good time to be alive like I guess I was a bit of a bit of a chad to use one of these new words that kids use that i don't really understand um but like a, like a nerdy chad if that's i don't know if that's allowed maybe that's a contradiction in terms again we'd have to ask somebody who's genuinely young um we'll check
1: out the esports comment section i'm sure we'll find it there
3: i literally read it today on the esports comment section that, i mean <laughs> that is my point of reference for that word <laughs> yeah marved the biggest chad in eu um is, yeah or oh, na actually I beg your pardon uh, so like for yeah so for me that it is like that it was it's it was kind of in it was like an inward looking thing like those environmental pressures were a bit different to me because of my parents who don't get on and that, that was a bit rocky and like so like i didn't really have the ideal of like the um all happy families at any particular sort of time period not to mention the fact that my mum and dad had me when they were like I think my mom was 36. She was like, for her, like in that generation, that was quite old, I suppose, to be having kids. And they didn't think they'd be able to have kids, and the doctor said they wouldn't be able to have kids. And then um, they ended up having two kids, um, but a, a, a lot later than they than they anticipated. So those environmental pressures of what fat, what somebody should look like in their late to early 30s, that didn't really much, that that didn't have too much of a consequence on me. But what I suppose did was, you know, I hit university. That's when I started having trouble with my mental health my anxiety that's when my anxiety started to rear its ugly head and all that sort of stuff and I just it's that simpler times kind of feel for my core life crisis I was like how much better would it be if we could just go back to Hartford Town to the Blackbirds pub and you know just sip a warm pint of piss for £2.20 again like that would just be
1: <laughs> I think that would I just think, be wicked I think you. <laughs> You've probably dropped on something there, I think, which I think is is half of the problem. Is that we think about this 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 sort of like notion of a call life crisis as, as thinking about what's to come and what's in the future, but a lot of it also is about what's already been and what's mm. already happened, and what and what you're looking back on, and and how you're comparing that to how you are now, or I don't know, even like even friends that I haven't spoken or seen in a long time, and I think, what did I do? Did I did I mess this up? Did I? Did I do something wrong and I can't fix that now or can I fix that now? And it's, it's all very, especially it's not helped by a pandemic as well, but, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you do sit with your own thoughts and you analyze the smallest things about moments in your life and you think, oh, did that change? Could this have changed, et cetera? It's yeah. also
0: really interesting as well that I think inadvertently we've stumbled across in our very first guests <laughs> Not posing is the wrong word, but just two very different takes on what I'm sure we're going to discover is, you know, much as it's sort of parodied and sort of poo-pooed or whatever you want to call it, a very real thing. This phenomenon that is the quarter-life crisis, you you hear midlife crisis, you think, oh, I know what that is. I know the sports car. I know the, you know, I know the, you know sleeping on the couch I know the you know changing haircut I know the wearing denim jackets I mean I'm just talking about like basically what my dad went through but um (laughs) (laughs) um, but like sorry dad um because he will listen to this
2: um but like but like
0: you don't you don't really know you don't really know what the court life crisis is we can we can we can mention the description but we've stumbled across with you two 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 sort of different takes on it which is Duncan like you said and Andy your take on it is looking back you know i I've, I've hit my quarter life crisis i want to almost try to uh, strive for that those those good days the glory days and, and the glory days which which is certainly i think something i experienced and then m on the other end of the spectrum you hit it and you thought i need to grow up and that is mm-hmm. I'm you looking know forwards i feel like there's a sweet spot in the middle of that which is in essence what the quarter life crisis is it's it's if you succeed in being younger then great if you succeed in getting older then nah, but great but the sweet spot in the middle is what's going on <laughs> I mean, well, that's, like if, that's yeah. what the
2: quarter life crisis isn't yeah. isn't it it's yeah, like yeah. you're not in crisis if you're actually managing to, <laughs> to, to be happy yeah, yeah. in the present <laughs> yeah. then you're not yeah. in crisis mm. so that's 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 the, what it isn't yeah, I yeah. guess.
3: Yeah. thinking about it more like more closely and really sort of trying to rack my memory which isn't in my sort of strongest attribute but like, I, chron- like chronologically I think I probably had like an almost sort of pendulum-esque experience with my quarter life crisis actually if I'm thinking about it honestly I think probably what I did is I swang to all those things that I described earlier the cartoon t-shirts and then I'd embarrass myself like not in, necessarily in front of people any more so than usual, but like I'd feel embarrassed for myself, and then pendulum back in the other direction, and buy a pair of like black Chelsea boots and be done with it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and just and, and like hang up the like the, the the high top Nikes and you know put them out to pasture, um, and then that wouldn't stick because I felt old and stuffy, and then the, the pendulum would swing again. Mm. Um, so maybe that's more of an honest reflection if I'm really thinking about it.
2: And yeah. and actually, really thinking about it also, there were definite elements of, I think, my need to sort of go, come on, what are you doing? Was because of my pendulum swinging so far in the opposite direction where I felt at times quite out of control of everything going on and a real lack of self and, and my behaviour was sort of erratic at times and then just going, right, okay, come on.
0: and then And then sometimes the pendulum can swing like, you know on a sixpence if if that was ever a mixture of analogies or cliches but you know the pendulum Mm. swing from oh yeah i'm being really productive today this spreadsheet is getting smashed to pieces i'm loving life i'm just going to play three hours of fifa okay (laughs) (laughs) you know like that's that is like sort of as a microcosm 30 seconds worth of quarter life crisis adultness adultness adulting I'll oh, just play FIFA until my hands are sore. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're listening to the Quarter Life Chronicles with Duncan and Lyle. So, I mean, it would be silly of me to ignore the uh, the other elephant in the room, which is you three all know each other very well um, because, well, partly because of um, of your of your friendship, but also because you you work together. Um, and I think. Um, it's, it's wonderful. Why don't you, Lyle, you, you, you lead us in with this. Cause I know that, you, you know, this is your baby, all three of you, but Lyle, you're the, you're the feeder to our beautiful podcast. So go for it. I
0: mean, similar to Emily earlier, you've, you've put me under massive pressure in front of my my two colleagues who actually explain what it is we do um
1: so yeah we we run okay, a collaborate collaborate together guys yeah we're,
0: we can we can feed into feed in together but yeah we run we run a theater company called wild geese theater company which is a theater company that specializes in bringing interactive and immersive theater uh oh, that was the mo right at the beginning of, of the company itself <laughs> to uh, to young audiences all over the uk we've branched out ever so slightly and it's been, it's been challenging, but it's been really, really great. And I, I consider it, it to be one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of, I'd go as far as to say, in my life. And I don't even think that's a, an indictment on my life. I think it's something to be very, very proud of. You know, it's, that's, it's, that's awesome. You know, we've, we, we, we set it up in a pub a year and a half, just over a year and a half ago. I'd had a fair few drinks and it was one of those where you sort of go home and you think, actually that that idea has survived a fair few drinks just shows you it's a really good idea and I think Andy and Emmett had sort of tentative conversations before that that fateful evening fateful in a good way
3: yeah it was it was a fateful night and I think it's been uh, it's certainly been a dream of mine for for ages like it's rare i think especially in like any creative industry this whole idea of like finding your niche it kind of it kind of it's a bit of a double-edged sword really because to some people it it kind of means that they've been sort of they've been sort of boxed in if that makes sense to and, and are kind of viewed in only one way but actually i think there is a positive side to finding your niche because i think that's kind of what i've so i certainly feel like i've done which is you know my niche is theatre for young audiences like I love it I think I'm quite like good at it um <laughs> you know, which is
1: I would like you to intervene.
2: Just, yeah. just, <laughs> 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 Objection Object Order. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Although, to be fair, it, is, it remains to be seen with wild geese. Although, actually, no, that's not entirely true. We do we have a little bit of, of a track record to, to uphold. And I agree, and I just want to I just want to agree with lyle again on saying that it is the thing that I am sort of most proud of in my life. And I was drinking my coffee this morning out of our wild geese mug, and, and it and it does just it does just fill me with joy but yeah it's interesting isn't it what we've had to do instead of what we planned because we started literally the ground was hit running like sprinting with this company because within within like the first month of inception we had landed a west end contract and we were programming months of visits from schools across London who were all going to come in to a, to a Western theatre and enjoy something really special that we were literally completely in control of devising wise. And it was going to be a full day experience with theatre and storytelling and activities and all sorts of things. And and of course, COVID ruined it. Um, but like, you know, we we jumped in at the deep end. And I suppose the problem with jumping in at the deep end is that It feels really depressing paddling back to the shallow end. So I think what we've sort of done is done all we can as a company to reinvent and sort of stay in that deep end through, I guess, like to avoid any fear of of feeling like we're sort of regressing or or that we're sort of failing. We've just been going from project to project to project as as fast as we possibly and humanly can.
2: The fact that we were in the deep end, yeah, it really... In a way, although it didn't feel like it at the time, it felt like we were literally grieving some incredibly important things that we we'd put our life and soul into. But because we were in that deep end, we fought tooth and nail, and I think resilience, tick tick tick, we were able to utilise the connections that we had made through the West End contract that we had to transfer workshops online. Mm. So they weren't necessarily the same workshops that we'd spent weeks, months writing, but we had the contacts and we just sort of reached out to them and said, you know, is there anything that you need? And thankfully, from the deep end, we got a bite. And, you know, they they wanted some creativity workshops online. So we wrote, very quickly sort of wrote a pitch We learned how to properly pitch for something, boshed that out, got got it sent over and we got a green light. And we ended up running a series of online interactive creativity workshops, getting children to utilise their imaginations and attempt to get them off the screen as much as possible. So we kept it, the screen time, the workshops themselves, as short as possible and asked them to send us in drawings or videos or just all sorts of wild and wacky things that they were doing with the stimuli that we'd set them week after week after week and we sort of changed up the format each week and we learned a lot and it was terrifying because it was all online and that's not a method that we're used to dealing with you know you don't get into this industry to work at a computer Mm -hmm. all day you feed off live interactions and I genuinely believe that the only reason that I'm as Andy said I sort of found my niche was working with young people and responding to their reactions feeding off that and then seeing where that leads us so to not have that all of a sudden was a bit like oh where am I I don't know you know where's my safety net but we did it and that has now given us the confidence to pitch for more online stuff. Mm. I might hand back over to Andy for this Mm. to talk a little bit about our YouTube.
3: Yeah, sure. So this is this I suppose is our our big digital project of 2021. We have basically written like this a 12 part series. Six of those parts are a really structured, fun adventure story about a young kid, like a young kid inventor who finds a way to travel into the dreamscape, like the world of dreams, okay? And he kind of goes on this classic hero's journey narrative structure where, you know, he has to face his own demons, you know, he meets some some friendly faces along the way, he saves some people who are important to him, and he proves to his parents that, you know, that he is worth their, their, their pride and their attention. And it's like really fun. It's called The Adventures of Eli Boone, um, and I cannot wait for people to see it and then those six parts of this 12 part episodes are interspersed week by week with six parts workshop tutorials about creative writing using Eli Boone as the source material so after episode one of Eli Boone we'll do a tutorial on how to begin a story how to create characters and then introducing the kids over those six um, tutorials a basic understanding of the hero's journey which is a very classic narrative structure in the hope that afterward they are going to write their own heroes journeys and they're going to feed in and inform future stories of Eli Boone if that makes sense um so that that's that's our big digital projects very ambitious we're we're reaching out to um, animators and and editors and all sorts of people to kind of come and get involved with the project the hope is that we will have six different animators with six different styles animating each of the 10 minute episodes Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not really a cartoon as such it's more of like an animated story audio book type vibe if that makes sense as well i've got to i've got to stop
0: saying if that makes sense i've realized this is a a, a trope of mine i mean of course it makes of course it makes sense andy because you literally that what you just said you might as well have literally ripped from our pitch an animated (laughs) (laughs) story book vibe i think yeah that's what we're calling it actually (laughs) that was the working (laughs) title before the adventures of eli boone Uh, yeah 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 yeah. uh, no i think i think think, like, (laughs) like going going back to it all like that's that's where we're at right now in 2021 and you can kind of anchor it all in this idea of the core life crisis. Insofar, I swear I didn't plan this. You know, we, as Andy and Emily both pointed out, we we had this West End contract that we were really excited to to sort of fulfil, and and we were all set to do it. And then the, the pandemic hit, hit hit everything really hard, and hit that really hard. And then we sort of at every possible opportunity found something to try and do. Like we, you know, there was that little window in the middle of last year where things were sort of looking up. Remember that, and um, and uh, and we did our first ever live show in uh, in Covent Garden at, uh, at the Actors' Church with a company called Iris Theatre. We did their summer festival. We did Fiona and the Fox.
3: Being yeah, up Iris Theatre, yeah, we love Iris Theatre.
0: Yeah, they're fab. And um, they they really gave us a chance, and it was very quick turnaround, but we did it, and it was something that I think we, we're all still very proud of. Single, and like
3: one of the single most important experiences of that year was to have somebody else whose opinion that we valued like you know what that idea is good enough to give a go um yeah. we'd like you to use our space and it was like I don't know it was it was such an important email yeah it's like, such a
0: dark time Absolutely. <laughs> but it felt like it felt like that happened and we were really really buzzing off that feeling but it felt like sort of verification of mm. like a year's worth of waking up and like caring so much and, and really really wanting do stuff with a company that we were proud of Mm -hmm. and not being able to and it kind of not really being our fault and then and now we're kind of sitting on this I mean I don't want to big it up too much but like there's a lot of stuff we're sitting on that we're we're really excited to do and it's we're itchy now I think to do it and it sort of runs parallel to how I sometimes feel about you know how my life's going where it's like oh it's it
3: that's um, it. It's about not gear. being,
0: yeah. It's about not being happy where you yeah. are now.
3: Yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah. Um, but also, yeah. but
1: also it's that kind of you, you, you as, a, as a trio and also individually, you are making a step, you know, you're, you've you made a decision to make this step. And, and it's like, I always think of it as like a, Uh, roots of a tree very very uh pretentious perhaps but you know roots grow roots divide and it's just another little a root that's growing it's another little root that's going to go off where it goes and it's going to go wherever it ends up going and Mm. it may there may be good things that come from it there may be not so good things that come from it but you've you've begun it now and that's amazing you know
2: Mm. absolutely i would like to just say as well just for fingers crossed if and when things do start to become a semblance of normality again. One thing we were able to do, I guess one teeny glimmer of hope, we managed to do a full week of R&D of our flagship show. And I guess if lockdown hadn't have happened, we might have had to really rush into Mm. rehearsals. We wouldn't have been able to do the workshopping of our interactive style at Iris Theatre, so we wouldn't have a firm grasp on what that was. Mm. We were able to take that firm grasp of what our style is into an R&D for our flagship show, which before lockdown hit, we'd already actually got a full-programmed summer tour booked in. So reflecting back, we've managed to create a lot of positives out of an otherwise very negative <laughs> situation mm-hmm. and it now means that when things can return to normal and um, when it's safe to do so we we've got a show mm. that's ready to go and th- that's, there's what's what- brilliant
3: there's one other thing I'd like to add about, like us in uh, us and the pandemic, a romantic novel. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, uh, which is is to do. And this is probably going to be quite an unpopular um, opinion, especially amongst other creative companies in whatever field. But I think, particularly in theatre, and I think theatre can be a bit young. Theatre companies can be a bit, dare I say, naive about the importance of knowing what your mo is as a company and i think a lot of theater companies do operate on the premise that they will find an inspiration and it will lead them in a certain way and that you know they'll make a unique play and it's unlike any other plays they've made before and you know and they'll present it to an audience and they'll be wowed and dazzled and, and 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 by its uniqueness and which is all well and good and, and and kind of does sum up the the crux of being an an artist but if you're a theater company don't forget that word company there is a certain i think i think people shoot themselves in the foot by not really understanding what they are and i know that it does take some time to maybe find that as a young company and and and, and again it's that worried about, that worry about being pigeonholed but i think the reason why we had a a, a direction to go in during this pandemic was because theatre was the means to an end that we are a theatre company not purely because of theatre and because we want to be in it and we want to make it, but we kind of use theatre as the means to get across our mission objective, which is you know to help cultivate the creative intelligence of young people, to have their to, to provide a platform where their voices can be heard and to kind of encourage their own emotional and creative intelligence. So like those are our objectives that's our there are mo's as a as a theater company which Mm -hmm. meant that when suddenly all the theaters closed and there were no live audiences it didn't feel like there was nothing for us to do because we had a mission and i hear a lot of theater companies being like oh yeah well we just we just turned we just we just took our play and we kind of recorded it on zoom and it's like well i suppose that's all well and good and you know maybe people are enjoying that i certainly haven't enjoyed any of those but like Sorry, I just I just haven't. Um <laughs> such a quarter life crisis thing to
1: say. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: such a quarter life crisis thing these to act, say. These
1: act these actors trying to be <laughs> trying to be f- virtual. What are they yeah. doing? Stop it. Stop
3: it. Uh but like I don't know. I just think I just feel like there was a more creative way to respond to this um pandemic than to just try and make theatre on Zoom. Like, is there not another way to repurpose our skills that's more accessible that is uh, and I suppose maybe money's the big thing that gets in the way for most people. And I think that's just a completely different discussion um, to have maybe on a different podcast even. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, because uh, just to caveat that by saying that the the online stuff that I've seen that I have really enjoyed and taken stuff from is the stuff where the story is important, mm. where what is being said, what the themes that are being explored, what is being discussed is relevant and that I relate to. And I think that is the same with a lot of theatre, but a lot of it is dressed up with all sorts of airs and graces. And when you put that on a screen, if it isn't relevant, relatable, important enough, it doesn't translate. Mm. So again, probably not that conversation. is probably not for that podcast, but just in case you do include what Andy said, be sure to caveat it with, there are people out there that will enjoy things, but it's about the message, the meaning the importance and the relevance of what's being said. I think
0: I feel like I'm in a wild geese uh, email drafting uh, meeting. But just in case you <laughs> <we> <laughs> decide to include what Andy said, can you caveat yeah. it by saying we mean none of it? Yeah, um, we, we mean we mean no harm. Literally, this is what happens: is
3: I'll write an email that is just pure offensive, and then <laughs> and then Emily will will find a way to make my offence seem either justified or just or
2: palatable. Soft. It's palatable. and um, then i'll
0: attach a totally irrelevant spreadsheet and I'll <laughs> and <I'll pick>
1: <laughs> you're listening to the quarter life chronicles don't forget to follow and share on instagram and subscribe on spotify uh so it's been great to chat to you guys um about your company wild geese and i just hope that as you as you say that we're able to get back out and do and do those awesome creative things in person. Once again, I guess that leads me on to my sort of last question, which is, uh, you know, what's your plans? What's the plans for this year ahead? What's, what's your plans for the years ahead, I guess, if you know personally or as a company?
3: Well, I'm going to try and get some T-shirts without cartoons on them. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big sort of step forward for me. I don't know. So I'm going to start just by um, answering a completely different question um which is
1: um, fine i mean i I can just go it's fine
3: (laughs) (laughs) well to talk about where i'm going to go from from the future i just think that i might want to talk about what i've learned about me from the pandemic right so i like being inside like i turn turns out that i could stay inside you know indefinitely so i suppose and i'm not particularly proud of that i think that what i need to do is actually so what i want to do in the future is find a newfound love for for like the outdoors like and don't get me wrong i go for an hour walk every day but like so like a solitary experience like in, in in the countryside but i think i need to refine like my sort of social sides again i think it's a really big thing that i want to do because i've kind of got really okay with not seeing people in person um, <laughs> and i'm not sure i'm happy about that another thing that i will never do again going forward now is i, I will never ever take for granted, a pint of Guinness extra cold because I feel you. I mean, never. I mean, I will enjoy until the day I die every sip
0: of Guinness extra cold. St- so other stouts are available, but I mean, let's be re- are they are, are they, they available? <laughs> like, let's be clear.
3: And and uh, it turns out that I, I, I've 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 learned a few things about myself as well. I I, I really I really like scented candles. They're going to be a they're going to be a staple going <laughs> forward into <laughs> the future. They are great. Yeah, and um, oh, here's a sign that maybe my quarter-life price is coming to the end, is I bought a pair of binoculars. Bird watching? So, yes. <laughs> 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 um, so, I, you know, I want to take, so when, when this is over, I want, to go, I want to take my binoculars on a whirlwind tour of, of the UK and go and see some beautiful places. So that, there, there are a few things that I really want to do. Business-wise, I've stopped seeing like our kind of pandemic plan as something as something of an interim, like as a as a until things get better, we are this. And I feel more inclined to go back to company's house and change our like limited company registry from wild geese theater company to wild geese creative or something like that or
1: do collective everyone loves it Colle- collect- oh what the wild, the wild geese, geese collective. collective
3: um you know and i'm not suggesting that we do that but i'd be more inclined to do that than to then to kind of like chalk this period up to oh that's what we did while well. we couldn't do the thing that we do um and actually i hope that when we go forward that, that we don't stop doing any of the things that we do now we just add to it and we kind of bring back in that live element and keep going with the stuff that we're kind of doing
2: i couldn't now more.
3: yeah yeah and i suppose my final words of wisdom on me and the pandemic is go for an hour's walk every day set an alarm get a kitten <laughs> Don't have more than two takeaways a month and and, and make sure that you read good stories. That's me, done. Mike, drop.
1: Or or listen to good stories, a.k.a. this podcast. This podcast. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 that as well.
1: (laughs) As a a spin-off of that,
0: uh, I've been a big advocate for a long while uh, without even really letting this be be known publicly in our wild geese meetings of going full Hendrix on it and branding ourselves the wild geese experience. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of a big fan of taking it in that direction. So yeah that's 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 just my little
1: guys guys you, you have this chat privately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Emily anything you want to add? Um couldn't agree more with everything that Andy just said. I've had a very similar sort of experience in terms of my takeaways from lockdown, which would be, yes, set an alarm, create yourself a routine, especially when working from home. Um, Where we do differ is that, well, I thought I was going to absolutely detest being inside all the time. I think if this had had have happened a couple of years ago, I would have really, really struggled because I was in a sort of state of um, keep myself so busy that you can neither think or feel and just clinging on to sort of any work throwing myself into every project and just being really really busy and thankfully I'd done quite a lot of work um on myself in the years leading up to this pandemic which meant that actually I wasn't utterly terrified when I was inside all the time it has been difficult to um i think focus is a huge thing maintaining focus when you can't necessarily feel forward motion i don't know if if that makes sense but no, i'm i'm how i relieve a lot of stress in my downtime is quite literally running and just going out running so i feel like i'm achieving something i think forward yeah, motion yeah, yeah, yeah. for human beings is a huge thing i massively um, i
1: massively second that massively second that
2: and, and I think that has been very difficult in lockdown because I think for a lot of people, regardless of what industry you're in, because it does feel like things are standing still. But I think it's about every day finding something that you've achieved and recognising that as forward motion.
1: Yeah, small wins, small wins. Absolutely. Yeah
2: small wins make for big games
1: <laughs> incredible um guys before we let you go it's time for our our little uh our little games that we uh that we promised <laughs> you yeah. we promised you listener that we give you some some serious gamage so here, here it is go. i mean andy you love your games this is perfect oh, I'm yeah all about andy, games.
2: Can, andy can go first in all of these <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, only, it's,
1: it's only two games so our first one is our quarter life time capsule. Da, 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 da. Think, think, Blue Peter, think, Room 101. What I need from you both are three items that you would put in your quarter life time capsule to define your quarter life years um, and that you'd look at in a few years' time or decades' time um, and, and think, yeah, that sums up my quarter life crisis or quarter life years. So one essential item, please, one luxury item, and one yeah. unexpected item. Go well, for it.
3: Okay, so essential item for the kids, those t-shirts, because otherwise <laughs> I'd be half naked all the time. <laughs> and and no one no one should be subjected to that. So my cartoon t-shirts are going in as my essential item to cover the belly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, luxury item, Cadbury's. Marv, you know, those marvellous mixture bars that have got like the popping candy yeah. and, and the jelly cubes. I don't know what. Yeah, shape yeah,
1: they yeah. Are. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Other yeah, chocolates th- are available.
3: <laughs> Other chocolates are available, but, but I, I don't know how long they're going to last. And by God, if I get to 50 and it's not around, I'm going to want to open that caption and find a bar of that because that is keeping me sane right now. And here's my unexpected one. Right. It's a warning. It's a warning to future. Quarter-life crises sufferers, right? And it's going to be my Uber receipts <laughs> because if there's one thing from my quarter-life crisis that has cost me more than anything else, is it is making the foolish choice of staying out past the last train on multiple occasions. (laughs) And I don't live in the city, but I did socialize in the city after work and whatnot. So staying out past the last train home to my little home counties retreat, that's a week's wage.
0: (laughs) That's a week's wage. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something for nothing. As of two years ago, that would have been the most frustrating thing ever. You run into the train and you think, oh no, and then that's 40 quid. Mm. Now the feeling... I might hit differently, and you walk out of the train station having missed your train. You're like, "It's good to be back." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good to be back in America. It's good to be back and ruining my financial situation by missing <laughs> trains. yeah. Um, yeah. That three, three very, very strong additions to the capsule. Very, very good.
2: Right. Okay. <laughs> Essential item for me, number one is a throwback to what we've just discussed, would be my running shoes. Because I on, I do not know how I would have survived the last few years without them. It really, really does keep me grounded and um, just sorts, sorts me out in a morning. Luxury item is a tricky one. I'm sort of torn between two things and I'd like to give one of them an honourable mention. Which would be something that's really helped me during lockdown is putting on hoop earrings in the morning. Okay, yep. uh, you might feel really basic, really low, but if you put on a pair of hoop earrings, if I put on a pair of hoop earrings, I feel like I'm at the Ritz or the Savoy, or you know, I feel them jangling against my head. So <laughs> that's, that's my honorable mention. My other luxury, because it depends. Because if I'm going to be on like a desert island. And I uncover this capsule. This is really controversial, but I'm going to say it. Garlic granules. Now, garlic (laughs) granules, i tell you why. Garlic granules or garlic powder can make any meal taste absolutely delicious. And if I I am on an island, I don't know if I am on an island, I've just added that in there don't care not sorry if i'm on an island and i'm you know dealing with really bland food and there's no one around me to have to deal with the repercussions of said garlic granules they're going all over the food
3: well regardless of whether you're on a on an island or not you know post brexit we're going to be left with very few ingredients (laughs) Um, and i
2: want garlic granules to be one (laughs)
3: it might be the last pot of garlic granules in the (laughs) whole of great Britain,
2: (laughs) and i'll be i'll be getting them out on my finger licking them one by one it'll be
1: currency it'll be currency (laughs) yeah who needs who needs bitcoin it'll be garlic powder yeah
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and then what's my last one my unexpected item now i am gonna say this because i'm aware that i am on a podcast as the only female-identifying person here, but there is a book that I discovered a couple of years ago called Period Power by Maisie Hill, and it honestly explained so much of what happens to my emotions and my body and my hormones at different stages of the month and i now understand why one day i will be an absolute emotional wreck and the next day i'll feel like an absolute powerhouse and if anyone hasn't read this book just read it it's brilliant people make a lot more sense to me now
0: we're 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 barely one episode through this podcast and Bearsto's taking it upon herself to introduce honourable mentions to the. Court. I know, I know. <laughs> Here
2: you go. Cheers for setting deserve- that
0: precedent, M. Brilliant, great. Now, cue loads of guests being like, "Well, I've got seven honourable mentions from my you unexpected." C- you uh, could cut
2: it, Lyle. Like I expect you to cut most of what I say anyway, mate. I lo- I-
0: <laughs> well, we have, we we do have, we do have one final game, this Lay game, it lay on me. This game is a bit of a nod to. Well, it's not even a nod to it. Literally, is a hand right in the face of the notion of the millennial. So, uh, the you know millennials—they're of a certain time period, uh, sort of the '90s to 2000s. As a result, most millennials in their purest sense, we will be going through what we determine to be a quarter-life crisis. We don't massively like the term millennial on the Quarter Life Chronicles. Um, and as a result, we've decided to do an entire segment on it um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 as, as, as a bit of a, a punch in the face to the word millennial. So this is called the League of Millennial Moments. Uh, and what it is, is we're going to give each of you around a minute. It could be less, could be slightly more. There's, there's no exact science to this. There's no exact science to any of this, let's be honest. But it's basically a chance for you to rant about anything that really winds you up, really winds you up, really small stuff, like sweating the small stuff, really small mm-hmm. things that really wind you up. Imagine that when we inevitably get a live tour of this podcast, we have a top gear leaderboard of millennial moans that we can sort of freely move about and you want to be top of that leaderboard in terms of the small stuff that you can rant about the best so Andy what do you think honestly I
3: think I could have picked pretty much every aspect of human existence to rant about here I don't think there's a single thing that doesn't wind me up in some respect, but I had to kind of narrow it down. Um, and, and I wanted to tie it in to, to, you know, a little bit about what I was talking to, uh, talking about right at the beginning of the podcast to do with uh, what a quarter life crisis means to me. So the idea that, that, that I have to prove to young people on the Internet that I'm still relevant. And one of my biggest bugbears as a result of this is I hate the fact that GIFs and emojis are no longer An acceptable means of communication with young people. Now, I don't know if you were aware of this, right? But Gen Z, right? They've got no time for emojis. They've got no time for, you know, replying to a WhatsApp with with a GIF. And honestly, I've spent a decade (laughs) honing my GIF game to a fine art. And I know them all. I know all the memes. I know my pepes. And again, (laughs) This is stuff that is just irrelevant now. I mean, all those wasted hours and no one under 25 cares. No one under the age of 25 (laughs) even cares a jot that I know how to gift game because it's not cool anymore. And there is nothing that upsets me more that when I rep- I put a GIF on Twitter, right? And I've got a few Twitter accounts, and I use one of them for my esports. It's just an esports account, you know. And I try and respond like I'm young and hip, you know. I try and fit in with the crowd because you know it's anonymous and I can be whoever I like. Thank you very much. Um, and I, every so often, some little Gen Zer pop online and just give me a little dig for using for using a GIF, and I, I nothing makes me feel older.
0: That 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 is the gift of a of a of a a man holding an umbrella. Yeah, 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 yeah. pouring all over him like exactly on my own. (laughs) Um, That's that's, yeah. So
3: that is my millennial moan. Bring back the gifts. Mm. Bring back the emojis. Gen Z, you don't know what you're talking about. Very good.
1: Superb, Emily. It's all yours.
2: Okay, if we are as Andy has. So beautifully done, reverting back, reflecting back on our um, discussions of the quarter life crisis so far. I guess my millennial moan would be people pretending that they know how to adult, okay? Because people are trying, and people are trying real hard to be good at adulting and to be really responsible. And you know, maybe there are some people that it comes really, really naturally to, but I also. I do genuinely believe that being an adult, the most honest thing you can do is hold your hands up and admit when you don't know something. Admit when you don't know what's right. And it really annoys me when you see people in that situation where they just try and muddle their way through it and pretend they know what they're doing for example this answer that i'm giving now i didn't read this on the brief and i'm (laughs) muddling my way through it no i'm joking (laughs) i'm just trying to be i'm holding my hands up and being honest and say this was a completely off-the-cuff answer because it really annoys me when people do that in adult (laughs) life
1: (laughs)
0: And a, a massive thank you to Emily Berstow for that contribution to the League of Poorly-Veiled Personal Attacks on Me.
2: Um,
0: uh, brilliant. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, that's great. Yeah, a slightly different segment. Uh, Do you, but... Did
1: you say these were reliable first guests? Like?
0: <laughs> I thought so. I really did. Uh, no, I agree. I, 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 both of them, equally superb. Um, we, don't, we haven't really set a precedent. You know, One of you's first, one of you's second in the League. I feel like that's up for discussion.
1: I'm gonna be the, the executioner and jury this week and purely for preparation, Andy's top. Thank you. I, I did prepare.
0: <laughs> Do you remember for like for ages the generational like divide was people who knew what a tease made was and people who didn't? Right. And now it's like people who know what it means to use gifs in WhatsApp and people who don't. That's <laughs> that's what you basically established there is like the generational gap that is use of the gif.
1: Can I can I be yeah. frank? I don't know what a tease is. Can someone fill it's, me
3: in? It's, an, it's an alarm clock that that makes your cup of tea.
2: Yeah, First thing in the no. place, You don't have to go downstairs. No, my yeah. mum and dad. My had grandma one. had one. Religious you set an alarm,
0: and then and then when the alarm goes off, like the water is boiled and the tea's made, like it's Starts ready to go. Start boiling. Yeah, let's go the whole nine yards. A gift, Duncan. Right, what a gift is is. <laughs> <a pie.
1: laughs> Cheers. I'm, I've, I've not I've not been born under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> guys thank you
0: both so much for thank everything you so much. honestly it's, it's been so lovely to have you on as our as our first guest so thank you so much um, what an honor
2: what an honor honestly thank you so much
0: you've set the bar and um and yeah we can't wait to catch up with you again i'm sure on the pod sometime again very soon thank
1: thanks guys
0: this has been the quarter life chronicle with duncan mitchell and lyle Fulton. You know the drill. Give us a follow on Instagram and don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Until next week, thanks for listening.